How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going pretty good. Pretty good. good. I uh, got some medication at a mm. CVS further away from me, and then I stopped at Giant to get some last-minute groceries so I could eat at dinner. That's fair. How about what you? you think? How was your oh. CVS run? Uh, I haven't been to CVS for a while. You traitor. Closest was probably Rite Aid, um, but that's where we pick up our... I was going to say subscriptions. That's not really true. Prescriptions, I think, is more of the correct way to say that. I mean, would you opt in through certain medications if they had, like, subscription boxes? Like, hey, do you want to do, like, a, a Tier 3 type thing? <laughs> like, yeah, it sounds good. I mean, I literally do because my... Um, Heartburn medicine I get from Amazon with subscribe and save. So it literally is a subscription instead of a prescription. I don't have a prescription for it. Probably should. Would have saved me money over the years. But it's kind of weird to think about like this is an over counter medication that uh, nobody said I should take, mm-hmm. but I'm going to <laughs> regularly. Well, I did, I did go to a doctor because it's specifically like, hey, this is a two week thing and you shouldn't go more than two weeks. And I was like, this is the only thing that keeps me from like feeling absolutely miserable at night with like acid in my throat and all this nonsense. I'm going to continue to take it, but I will go to the doctor. <laughs> and the doctor's like, you good with it? Like 20 milligrams? I was like, yeah, it seems to work. He's like, okay. That was it. That was, <laughs> that was the doctor consultation. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, is this working for you? I have like background in this, but uh, hey, if you're doing okay, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. He was very nonchalant. I mean, that's that's good, mm. I guess. You don't want too nonchalant, obviously. Right. Do but they actually care about my well-being? That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of medication or the medical field in general is, hey, here's medications that should do these things typically. Unless your body's weird. I hope your body your body's not weird, is it? And you're like, well, and they're like, no, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Take this anyway, but also figure out your own shit on your own time. I definitely had that like the last time I went to the dentist because I was like, I have some like some tooth pain. And they're like, okay, well, there's like there's a little um suspicious area down here, and it's like potentially some like could be an infection or something like that from after you had a root canal, which is bad because that's down there like under the tooth and stuff. I don't want to go into details. I'm not going to. We're not going to talk about teeth things on the podcast, but the short of it was like, um, they're like, we could do a procedure and potentially get it, but we it might come back. So we're just going to advise you to just use numbing toothpaste and just, just sit on that. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I am 30. I've hit the maintenance part of my life. This is yeah. where we just ride problems out. We don't fix them anymore. You start thinking of other possible practical uses for duct tape, like mm-hmm. keeping your... Who needs uh, dentures or a retainer when you have <laughs> duct tape? Yeah, exactly. You structure the right way, it works. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you don't have that many years left. Just... just Right, you know, you're at the halfway point. You start making concessions like, how many teeth or specific bones do I need that have be fully functional? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as you can get from point A to point B, as long as you can poop kind of normal, that's a good life. Those are really my my two goals. I'm not. I don't have a list. I actually just prioritize the second one because the first one, I don't really go anywhere or do anything. So like point A to point A is actually usually fine. 
Jake, you've been you've been pooping in your chair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I am recording from the comfort of my bathroom. <laughs> um, that that's when you put in like the the super obvious over the top flush sound effect. Uh huh. Don't yeah. even balance it to be like, oh, this is a reasonable level. It's just like, <sighs> mm-hmm. Niagara Falls. Yeah, I think. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend it for people who are interested in going into any sort of audio recording. The acoustics in a bathroom are, they're basically the worst you can have, like uncovered walls, flat surfaces. It's pretty much the worst you could do. <laughs> I mean, you could put up foam. True. So then you'd be that guy who has like a soundproof bathroom. Right. That's Which a, isn't a good look. It's a yellow flag at, at, at least. <laughs> you invite people over and they're like, why do I, do I bite on that? <laughs> <laughs> why are there eggshell cartons all over your bathroom walls? <laughs> Art deco? <laughs> ah, I don't buy it. Yeah. I feel like Gex for like N64 must have had an Art Gecko pun at some point. But I don't know for sure. If not, let's remake that game <laughs> to get the good puns in there. Yeah. I mean, that Rare's not using it, so. What has Rare been doing outside of, like, selling concerned. their characters to Miyamoto? Very concerned that you might actually ask. Um, and so I started Googling <laughs> when you started talking. No, I, I picked up on that. Um, working with Microsoft, THQ. They've been working on a Battletoads revival since 2018. I don't okay. think that's real. I mean, <laughs> how hard is it to remake Battletoads? Not... I mean, they, they've they done it for other um, side-scroll punchers. Whatever you call that. Yeah. So, like, I can see them doing it for Battletoads, too, because it was another big one. You know what's sad here, though, in this article that I'm mm-hmm. reading? Wikipedia is what it's called. Underground site. Um, the second to last thing that they've like done in quotes is like they collaborated to add Banjo Kazooie to Smash, and I'm like, oh, this company's dead, aren't they? <laughs> like, it's <laughs> weird that the thing I joked about at the beginning was the last recorded thing. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. a little bit rough, but you know, we can't all play Goldeneye forever. Conquers Bad Fur Day, and well, all of those other, the Golden Age of Rare, basically. Kazooie, obviously. Banjo. Wait, did you say Kazooie or Kazuya? Uh <laughs> that would be that would be funny. <laughs> Crossover, but uh Kazooie. <laughs> it's his own thing. You just see him like flex with uh-huh. cause Kazooie's now super ripped and has scars Maybe all over his body. <laughs> it's actually a sign of like how poor how poorly Rare's doing right now, but like Kazuya from Tekken, when they were added to Smash, Rare actually submitted the character. They're like, hey, yeah, uh, we've got a fighting character you can use. <laughs> it's, it's Kazuya from Tekken. Nintendo's like, you have, you have the rights to so, Yeah, Yeah, totally. <laughs> we need the money up front. <laughs> it was somebody's like timid attempt to submit uh, Kazooie, and then they like scratched out the last two letters, like Kazooie, and then just went to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I never thought about that, but that's got to be a fan theory somewhere. Real quick though, did you see that? I think Cartoon Network's supposed to be doing some jazz. Yeah, yeah, I did. Like I literally <laughs> just saw or heard something about that today, and it. 
I mean, just like the Nickelodeon thing. It looks gimmicky. It looks worse. It, it, hmm. That's hard for me to say at this point, but because like don't look great. So this was the matchup. Uh, Dan posted this to the Discord, and the matchup in the picture is Batman and Garnet from I think like it's not regular show. It's the um, Steven Steven Universe. Universe. Yeah. Um, and versus Arya from Game of Thrones and Tom and Jerry. Now. I'm not always the best at being able to tell when a game is going to be bad. But <laughs> when Arya from Game of Thrones and Tom and Jerry are some of the characters, I don't have faith. <laughs> like, no. It... Like, I'd be willing to suspend my disbelief if it looked really good. Mm-hmm. But it don't. It looks like a, a gimmicky cash grab off of a model that has worked for Nintendo. Yeah. Now, if they had an alternate skin for Bugs Bunny, if it's just Big Chungus, my my position would can be completely reversed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you leaned into that, the memery and the mm-hmm. tomfoolery, if you basically said like, "Hey, salty bet, we'll give you a percentage uh, if we can," <laughs> yeah, like that could go somewhere. I also don't really know. Like, it's a two v two fighter. Is like what the format they at least showed. And then in the screenshot, there's like levels underneath the characters. Like, oh yeah, these are all level one characters. I don't like that at all. Even if it's really a cosmetic thing, I don't think I like that at all. You start this game and you're going to go up against the level 500 Batman. Nobody wants that. I don't want to know what your level is. Let me just get my ass beat. <laughs> right. Like God intended. Just beat my ass. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, like, this this roster is so weird. Some of these characters I don't know. There's actually, I think, Steven from Steven Universe. There's also Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, Finn and Jake as separate characters, like Harley Quinn. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's very, very odd. They're just the- going with, like, popular names from recent things. It's yeah. like Wonder Woman has had two movies in the last five, ten years. Batman, obviously, you have to have his Batman. Another notable character would be Harley Quinn, who had a movie or two. Yeah. Joker went off to do, I think, uh, what was it, Mortal Kombat? Smash, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was actually watching somebody. Eventually, we'll have to talk about the game. We have scheduled time on. But I, I was watching a modded Switch uh, match in Smash, mm-hmm. and they took Kazuya and they put him like in a DC Comics Joker outfit. <laughs> it's like Kazuya as the Joker, <laughs> and yeah. it was just really funny because you could have like Joker v Joker, <laughs> and it's <laughs> Kazuya versus Joker. Um, but a good name on the game, though. Multiverses is it's kind of a mouthful, but it's witty. I appreciate that. I I do like the wit on it. But if it is literally always 2v2, fuck mm. off. Right. Dave refuses to play games with me ever since the incident. The incident where I stopped playing games with Dave. <laughs> uh, There's a picture of Shaggy going Super Saiyan. Anyways, Ghost of Tsushima is a PlayStation game. We don't cover those that often. I'd say infrequently at best. Well, I mean, we typically avoid JRPGs, so that's fair. Uh-huh. 
That's I don't a know funny what else joke. PlayStation really has. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were saying that as like that is what I guess what PlayStation had, but I was like, this game does have RPG elements and it is in Japan. Nice. That's, that's pretty good. Now that I've explained it, the reader, the the listeners can also get it, or readers if you uh, subscribe to our transcripts. Um. <laughs> but anywho, um, so I played this a while back. I think I got through like part of act two mm-hmm. and then like i was playing through a couple of playstation games and then i think i moved on to something else i'm like hey jake i think you like this game you should check it out mm-hmm. how long ago was that <laughs> it was like half a year okay. <laughs> so not even an exaggeration i was just like oh this does look really nice i've heard good things about it and then like cut to that classic shot of like the sun rising and setting repeatedly like while the the box with the game in it is there on the kitchen table. Um, you see it get like light sun damage from the box over time. <laughs> it's yellowed. <laughs> yeah. um, the box is still in pretty good condition. I think I don't, I don't think it's had too much sun damage, but um, the game is good. All right. What else? Thank you everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this yeah. is another open world type game for anybody who's not aware. Um, I feel like the closest comparison is going to be something like Horizon Zero Dawn. Hmm. Another open world, very in-depth and beautiful. But like, in my opinion, uh, Ghost of Tsushima takes it to a whole nother level. They hmm. really lean into very stylized, idealistic Edo-era Japan. Yeah. It's just... It's so good. Like, yeah. I'm glad they have it on like a PlayStation versus like me trying to run it on my PC a year ago. Because that would be bad. We're missing out on a lot. Yeah, it's. I think a lot of people's. If you've heard anything about the game, or if you've seen anything about the game, it's probably one of those early trailers where it's like the sparring ring with like the flower petals, or like riding the horse through like fields of pampas grass, and it's just like waves, like not waves, waves of air or wind you know (laughs) like rolling over the hills like moving all of the grass like the game absolutely loves wind physics i think like oh yeah most most of the clothes have like some uh some jiggle not jiggle physics what is it (laughs) Uh, bones bones yeah yeah it's Um, animated capes and things like that and uh yeah it's 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 an absolute like it looks ridiculously good. They know how good it looks. There's a mini game where you compose haikus that are literally looking at nature in the game. Look and how pretty works. your game is. Because the game is that pretty. Make a haiku about how pretty your game is. <laughs> yeah. It would be funny because each time you like do that mini game, it's like uh, compose a haiku about and then like a concept. It could be death or rebirth or like acceptance. But what if it's just like beauty? Beauty, beauty, <laughs> beauty. <laughs> the tranquility oh. of the tranquility is very tranquil. <laughs> Pass into the iris. Yeah, sure. There's your reference. Um, no, nothing. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, the game looks incredible. And um, I think like, I don't know if we ever talked about like the mechanical difference between a PC and a console, but one of the big things is consoles have very little else as far as operating system is concerned running at a given time more now than probably ever before, but most of it's just focused on the game. And because of that, you can just eke out more physics from the hardware. Um, 
with some concessions, you know, usually frame rate and other things. Not getting into that. Looks amazing on PlayStation. And if you do have a um, a Pro, PlayStation 4 Pro, which I think is the last PlayStation to be released so far, um, then it gives you the option to optimize it for graphics or frame rate. But I did graphics and it didn't really dip that much, so it was good. That's fair. I again, I think we talked about it before, but like it's at a point where the graphical fidelity is already like so high mm-hmm. where you'd have to like really go back and look at an older game to be like, this looks bad. Yeah. Cause this just looks clean and it's not hyper detailed at any given point. Like you could be like, Oh, that's a video game character. That makes sense. Um, but at no point throughout the gameplay does do things look off. Yeah. It all fits the style. It's all well textured and modeled. It's really telling that the most egregious example I can think of from like, so I played through it. I did beat the game. Didn't 100% it, but I got a high percent. Um, the most egregious example I can think of is there's these like traditional samurai duel setups where it's like, it's like Western samurai facing off like both people slowly draw their weapons or like the opponent will slowly draw their weapon. And then he sits there with like his thumb beneath the, uh, the blade guard and like uh, it goes to like a tone in the track. Like, uh, and then there's like one final ping as he like uses his thumb to push the blade out of the sheath. And then like it starts the fight and the graphical bug I saw was certain outfits, certain sets of armor, you, but your thumb would clip and the blade guard and i was like oh my gosh guys hold the duel hold the (laughs) duel something's (laughs) up it's got no clip on yeah like the duels i think really highlighted a lot of obviously how beautiful it looks um but i think for some of them not all of them it is actually side by side Mm -hmm. maybe just in the kurosawa mode um but like it's always a third person game, but sometimes they will lock into a certain camera angle for style style points, and it's just great. Yeah. But on top of that, the duels really let you shine your mechanical ability you've learned for like, oh, I'm gonna parry, I'm gonna dodge, I'm going mm-hmm. to attack with one of these four combat styles for how I hold my sword, versus like if you go to a given camp, you can do whatever, you can do stealth grenades other yeah. bullshit um but they're just against like basic mob people like you can backstab them and they're dead yeah. whereas the duel is like here's your your test mm-hmm. that you have to pass it's have you been paying attention how how much have your skills slipped as you used gadgets essentially for the rest of the experience um and yeah the some of the duels are just they're definitely by far the place that i died more than any other place in the game like on hard is um, they can really mess with you. Yeah, it's... Ooh. Also, there's a, a whole key mechanic in the game where if you do certain actions, you can regain key. Yeah, the resolve. Um, yeah, yeah, the resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you can use that to heal. Uh, you can use it for like a special move. But it's a fun resource to play around with, but you get rewarded with it by doing certain actions correctly, like parries. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the combat, the the like actual sword play combat. I would kind of funnel into like budget Sekiro, um, 
like Sekiro is much I don't mean that necessarily as a bad thing, but it uses some of the similar concepts like there is um, a guard mechanic where, where people like will use shields or they'll just block your attacks and you can break their guard with like heavy attacks. Very similar to like posture or stature in Sekiro, right? Um, and usually you can kill them like very quickly if you manage to break their guard. Similar to Sekiro, right? Like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also it's it's more kind of mixed into the um, the Batman sort of style or assassin's creed you could potentially be swarmed have multiple people attacking you and sekiro doesn't really play that much that space not unless you really fuck up (laughs) yeah like you just run in you're like hey and then you're like (laughs) dip out (laughs) yeah um but the the sword play feels good Uh, it's one of i think it is actually the most original concept that the game has besides kind of like the story um did you go with like a particular stance? Uh, I unlocked all of them. So I I played the game. Like I got a lot of the, the optional objectives and the missions and things like that. I, I did everything except most. So I got almost everything up until like act three, which is the final act. And then I didn't do absolutely everything. So I had the full skill tree maxed out. Um, eventually you start getting you stop getting rank ups. Um, and the game's just like you have all of the skill points. There's no reason to rank up any further. <laughs> Um, but I mean, but, more so, like, did you find yourself using a particular style? Like, you kind of, I very much went with the the overhand strike because, yeah, you could do it and you'd like spin your body as you did it, and you could keep chaining that. So for mm-hmm. one guy, he's just like being assaulted by like these vertical strikes. Yeah, I know that. So each of the styles is like particularly good against a certain type of enemy, mm-hmm. and at least on hard, like the. Using the wrong style to try to like break somebody's guard is really tough. And it basically is the difference a lot of times between like a true combo and the enemy being able to counterattack you in the middle of your attacks. So you're really incentivized to use like, uh, yeah, rushing water stance against shields and like stone breaker stance against people that just have swords and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but. I am really partial to the starter stance. It is a really good default and it has this like piercing uh, combo if you put points into it where it's like um, you do one quick guard break stab and then like just try to impale the guy. (laughs) And there's a special animation for it where you just like stab them through the chest and they die. Um, So it's particularly good, I think. I also like you can switch between the stances at a moment's notice. So you could do a single strike of the vertical. I forget which one that's called. The Stonebreaker. Mm-hmm. And then you can switch into the... Did you say the rushing water? Yeah, it's it's something with water. I know because all of the preview videos are all like... They recorded all the preview videos like on a beachfront with like rocks where like the waves are like crushing up against it. Oh. <laughs> it looks very pretty. You can tell explicitly what they did. But, but yeah, you could do a single strike... And then switch in between. Because like Jake said, you could be swarmed by a mob of enemies. Maybe you invaded a camp and there's a mix of, oh, there's a giant guy with a shield. There's an archer, a couple of swordsmen, maybe somebody with a spear. So it's really convenient to be able to switch between those uh, to just get out of dodge. Or if you're me, run and then (laughs) find the one guy who chased after you and use the same stance over again. 
Uh-huh. That works too. So the stances were, I looked them up just to make okay. sure. So stone, water, wind, and moon. Where wind was spearmen and moon was brutes. And I will say moon is basically required against brutes because all of their attacks are like, I'm going to swing a giant club with a massive AOE and I'll never stop doing that. And it's unblockable. Yep. <laughs> and so that stance, the moon stance is like kicking them in the face repeatedly. <laughs> to like disorient them. <laughs> um, and if you use any other stance again, though, it's not true and they'll just attack you. So, well, then you could just use like a bow at ranged. True. You could take one of the, the bigger bows and like the giant arrow and just literally shoot explosive projectiles at somebody. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then there's... you run out of ammo and you have to figure out a new solution. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of gadgets uh, you can get. Um, I call them gadgets because I guess I'm still thinking about like Batman and stuff, but like a lot of tools and weapons you can use. There's like ones more suited to stealth, like the bell to attract like an enemy's attention or firecrackers to attract multiple enemies attention. I like how you're like stealth and things that make noise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is used for stealth because you're like, yeah, it's to lure them out. Yeah, exactly. Firecrackers in general are like, I didn't use the bell that much until I got like a charm which I guess we'll get to at some point. There's a special charm in the game that's just like the bell releases fatal flame or fatal fumes when it's picked up. And so now if you throw the bell, it always attracts one person. Like multiple people will never check it out. That guy dies because <laughs> he'll pick up the bell and then die. <laughs> um, and it makes the ability much better. Uh, but usually the firecrackers are super good because you get like a full group of enemies and you're like, uh, what? How? How, how far? Game? How? Far, how many uh, upgrades did I get for the assassinate ability? I can kill three people at once. Got it. <laughs> then just jump in. <laughs> Literally, just jump in. Yeah. I forget. Is that supposed to be like a a trigger that you go up and do like as a single backstab that applies to multiple, or is it like an you, overhead strike? You can do it from different directions. You can sneak up on somebody and assassinate, but it also does death from above. Um. So if you just jump at them and you are roughly above them, you'll get the prompt to instant kill them as well. Okay, budget sucker. Here we are again. Um, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Very derivative. I mean, um, did you feel any similarities where you're like, oh, this is kind of like Sekiro? Because like for I me, mean, as I was yeah. going through like facing against spear people with the wind stance, I very much wanted the just trying to run in and like step on their spear. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. feel like I've outwitted their range by my masterful gameplay. Yeah, there, there's nothing quite like that. Um, I mean, maybe sort of because it does have like, so you mentioned parries mm-hmm. and there's a button to just parry, but then there's a perfect parry. So in that way, it's actually the same mechanic as Sekiro. I think in Sekiro, if you perfect parry, uh, you take much less um, stature or posture damage um, or potentially could like counter and deal you know some damage back, but can't remember exactly how that worked. But that's the way it works in this game. If you perfect parry, time freezes or slows down a lot. And you can just counter for oftentimes a one-hit kill against normal normal jobber enemies pulling their 9-to-5s. I mean, that's just how it works in Smash, Smash for me. Yeah, I get the parry and I'm like, oh, did you see that? And then I get hit by something else. because <laughs> Perfect parry, like a jab sequence. <laughs> and you're just like, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's... I, I think there is a lot of similarity, but 
I don't think it was specifically meant to be stolen from Sekiro. It's just no. taken from fighting games. Like Batman has the same stuff. Yeah, I, I remember at least when I initially watched the trailer, the reason I wanted to hold off on Tsushima for so long is because I had like just played Sekiro mm-hmm. for possibly a second time. They're like, hey, samurai game. I was like, mm, can't fool me with that shit. Yeah. Uh, so I was immediately in the headspace of doing those direct comparisons, even mm-hmm. though it was, of course, a different type of game. Um, but I finally there... did get a chance to appreciate it for what it is of uh, an open world adventure. Yeah, it's it's a very uh, spoilers, I guess, for final summary. It's a very strong open world game. It's between like this and Beth- Breath of the Wild for like my favorites of all time. Particularly because I did go back and play The Witcher and it's good, but it's aged. Yeah, and definitely like, aging comparison. And I just like Tsushima's got that that kick. It has fast travel. You don't have to waste time. But it also uses all of these systems from all these open world games. It takes a lot from Far Cry. Um, it takes a lot from Assassin's Creed. And it takes the fun stuff for the most part and that's not terrible right i mean there's there's a couple of missions where you have to follow somebody around while they talk for a little bit yeah uh, thankfully not that many um, no it's usually like an introductory <laughs> part of the mission like hey let's ride our horses here and you're talking in the meantime but yeah. then you're at the location um, it's significantly less than like red dead which is like every mission you're going somewhere and you're talking on the horse going somewhere and you're talking you went somewhere and talking we recorded ten thousand hours of dialogue for this character and you're gonna hear all of it <laughs> um i will say funny little aside um for the slow walking portions where the game's like hey you're having a very serious conversation with somebody close to you like you're not gonna run through this uh, if you jump you jump faster than you walk slow walk because it unbinds your movement limitation while you're in the air. <laughs> you could like, kind of like leapfrog <laughs> ahead to the objective. If you get far enough away from those NPCs that are slow walking, the game's like, oh, uh, okay. And they'll like run to catch up to you. <laughs> so that was a fun time. I love the AI rubber band. They're like, what are we? Oh, we're behind. Uh-huh. It is nice though, because games that don't have that type of mechanic where the AI companions like stay behind you or fall There's behind. like hey where'd you that go sucks. and you have to yeah. go back literally to keep witcher 3 had this yeah mm-hmm. um because i would definitely like oh this is where we're going i'll just get there and we'll go at the same pace and the mm-hmm. npc is like my leg's broken <laughs> yeah they don't do that in tsushima they pretty much always speed up to your pace which is really nice um, yeah it's it's a minor thing but it is really a quality of life because if you're trying to like experience a part of the game Mm-hmm. Uh, having the game limit you in any way shape or form just kind of kind of takes it out of it a little bit yeah and they do they do a lot of work to to pace like your progression so it feels like you're always unlocking things there's always a reason to do something or unlock something um i don't have that many gripes with the game one of them would be i don't care nearly as much about the sheer number of cosmetics there's a bunch of like okay ones or good ones and then a couple that are like that looks really sick and then you get that and you're like i'm kind of good and one of the issues is one of those types of cosmetics is like um uh for your sword and taunt you're like your katana and your tonto sword you're like stealth shorter blade and um the one you start with is like pure white with like 
dark blue. It's like the uh, Sakai uh, clan colors or whatever. And it's so good. Like the only one that really compared with it for me was like Emperor's Tears, which was a pure white looking cosmetic one. And I was like, you kind of just you kind of just gave me the best one like from the get go. I don't care about other cosmetics for the swords now. Um, I played around with them just to try to justify spending time picking up those cosmetics. But I mean, <laughs> it doesn't change the sword, though. No, it's just mm-hmm. if you want to vibe out with your character in a specific way. Yeah. And some of them are cool. Like I, I, I did like you can have like different armor sets and get dyes for them to make them look different. And there's actually special uh, set die vendors. There's one special white die vendor and there's one special black die vendor like across all of the acts. There's just like, one of them's an act one and one of them's an act two, I think. Um, and it's just like, oh, you wanted like the like the dark like shinobi type armor set i got i got you i got you for any type of armor that you like i'm trying to imagine like this one guy is like an interior designer is like what color do you want these walls oh we're thinking like a nice taupe and he's like hear me out black <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's the one thing i have that's basically it though um did you find yourself going out for a lot of things for the sake of cosmetics or just to see what it was. There's not that many cosmetics. It's literally that which you get from the honor, honor shrines. And then you can pick up flowers, which are one of the basic ingredients that you can use to buy cosmetic cosmetics with. Like the dyes for cosmetics is how it's justified. Um, and it was fine. It was the part I emphasized the least. Like I care much more about actual progression and actual upgrades. Hold more ammo and gadgets and make sword better like um like the uh the katana and tanto they have separate upgrade paths where as you upgrade the tanto your assassinations all become faster um and that one was nice and i prioritize that above everything else in the game (laughs) what a sneaky lying shinobi (laughs) well to to repeat my question though did you find Mm -hmm. yourself more so going for those optional things on the map for the sake of finding it specifically like, oh, I need this reward or for okay. the exploration. Uh, I don't usually play games strictly for the exploration. There has to be a very specific game for that. Most of the time I was doing it for the reward. Like you knew something was over there. You're like, I got to get what it is. Yeah. And the game doesn't, it wastes your time like all open world games do, but it kind of lets you optimize a bit. Like, we haven't talked about the wind uh, mechanic where it's like, hey, the objective's that way. But um, you can set the wind to like target uh, fox dens, which is like how you get like the fox charms and then you upgrade them. Or like the uh, the bathing areas, the hot springs. Finally, a way to see my character's naked ass briefly. Uh-huh. Two seconds. Yeah, I was... No, I... As far as like all open worlds will have nodes or points of interest, whether it's like a camp or something you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think from Ezio Auditori's arc in Assassin's Creed, it was like these high points where you could get like, oh, here's map knowledge. Yeah. Um, 
Assassin's Creed's really egregious with the amount of optional collectibles. It's yeah. like catch the pigeons and do all this other stuff. And you're like, I, I don't, I don't care. Well, Shanties, Sekiro is I different because it has a yellow bird you follow to find stuff, or yeah. a fox you follow to find something. See, and I almost did the same. I'm going to count this as the first mistake. I almost did the same thing. You called it Sekiro, and I was this close to calling it Sekiro earlier. Oh no, I've done the faux pas. <laughs> Uh, but the foxes have great faux pas too. Um, you can actually, after you find one of the fox shrines, um, there's a pet the fox like button prompt, and you'll literally like you know ruffle its its fur a bit or like pet its belly or scratch its belly or whatever. And I'm like, this is a wild fox, and you shouldn't do this. But also, that's adorable. But also, like when you pray at the shrine, it like kneels down with you, uh-huh. which is also really cute. How did you feel about the? Uh, I guess the shrines or the temples. Which are usually some type Ooh. of yeah, platforming. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. so this is they're they're okay, but they're a waste of time. Like this is I talked about how the game doesn't waste your time that much. The shrines are one of them because the game cosplays as Prince of Persia for a while, where it's like, hey, climb around the cliff face and grapple up to this thing and do this and do this and like you do it like three times and you basically get it. Like it always just takes roughly the same amount of time to complete and you're largely just moving the control stick slightly differently. So you'll climb up the cliff face. There's never any enemies. It's always that, but the problem is the game also hides good rewards behind it. Like the charms. I was going to say it was like a nice change of pace uh, (laughs) type thing that they kind of threw in there. So it wasn't the same shit all the time. That's fair, but but okay. My my opinion is not always right. See again, and that's going what back I've been to... saying. Going back to Dark Souls too, <laughs> but it usually is like when I talk about Dark Souls too. <laughs> but no, or I, Dark Souls two too. That upcoming game. <laughs> I so going back to my point with the exploration question, mm-hmm. I really did enjoy those parts of the game where it's like, hey, here's a shrine. I'm like, ooh, what am I going to find? And it was always all the shrines are very distinct. I don't mm. think those were ever the same. Uh, so you have like a nice little unique. Granted, is very much a hold the left analog stick in a certain way if you're climbing, yeah. or you had to do some very simple jumping type stuff. It wasn't ever asking a whole lot of you. Yeah. But as far as like a change of pace, a beautiful scenery, and then getting a nice reward, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. The other big part that did that for me, there was a quest line for, I think, getting some archery armor. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you have to go look for purple flowers. And yes, then you get like yeah. a picture. You're like, where the fuck is this? And then you mm-hmm. have to go find it. But it feels really cool when you actually do discover it in person. You're like, that's the thing from earlier. And they yeah. don't give you like a, hey, it's here, dumbass. They might they give, give you like a, a big circle. A large. Yeah. It's like a, hey, somewhere on this continent. Yeah. Like they don't want you to waste your time a ton, but they give you a large explorable area. And if you're paying attention to the hints, then you'll pick up, pick it up a lot faster. I did like those um, kind of as like a throwback to before games always had a waypoint marker telling you exactly where to go. Well, yeah, but it was also more linear too. It's like, Hey, this is the way forward. Don't go backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm comparing this. Like I've been playing a little bit of Skyrim recently and they're very much like waypoint marker, waypoint marker. Like, There's no waypoint marker. They don't go there. <laughs> Why are you even considering this? You poor fool. Um, but 
uh yeah no i i like those that that part i liked that was kind of breaking it up for me and i was like trying to be observant and be like where are these where are these flowers there's two quests like that in the game where it's like um purple flowers and blue flowers i think are the two you have to find something like that all of the other flowers are white throughout the entire game (laughs) Uh, they do use like the color tones to denote things. Like once you get the um, the blow dart and the poisons, like um, the yellow flowers give you the hallucination po- uh, poisons, and there's um, like blue flowers that give you the poison. Again, Monster Hunter, obviously ripping off Monster Hunter, but um, yeah, they they use that a lot. Like visual identification of things is big, but they also use a um uh like a highlighting a temporary highlighting effect on interactables in the world oh uh, yeah the shimmer the shimmer yeah yeah i love when games do that because it's not me walking around mashing the collect button Mm -hmm. um so i think actually last of us had something like that as well for like hey here's a resource you can use and you're like oh cool let me grab that shit in the same way you can run by be like oh there's a flower i passed by let me grab it or something else yeah, sometimes games need to, if it's a toss up between like playability and realism, take playability every time. I don't even care. Like um, if it's the gameplay is meant to be more drawn out and survivalist and that happens to play into realism. Awesome. That's what you're going for. But never just be like, it would be unrealistic to see where things are. So we hit it all. <laughs> it's like that just leads to people wasting time. I don't know anybody who's touted a game's realism over, hey, this game was really fun and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. My friend Pedro would be an example of not the most realistic game, but I've heard good things about it. As soon as you said that, I thought about Kingdom Come Deliverance, and I was like, crap. That game tries to emphasize realism and stuff. Do you know how to use a bow? No, no one knows how to use a bow when you start. <laughs> I, I think I I wanted that progression at a point, so I did pick it up, and I played it for like three hours, and then I hated my life. Yeah. It's a really rough start to not have like the arrow go where you're pointing. But Tsushima doesn't really have that problem. It's, um, it's very, very accessible from a like open world standpoint like there, there are a bunch of different difficulties like there's a story one too but the, the way i mentioned it's like accessible is as the combat has like frame one interrupts for anything like you know how in dark souls sometimes you swing and you're like i shouldn't have swung um that was a mistake and i will die mm-hmm. um, that usually resolves very quickly in tsushima you can go to attack and be like uh no actually i meant parry <laughs> parry is what i meant to say there and it'll just instantly interrupt with a parry and the game actually has a faint system for that and the enemies kind of use it in quotes mm. and they use it in standoffs but if you go to attack your and then cancel into something else you'll reposition your arm so you can like pretend to make an attack it just doesn't matter most of the time that sounds kind of janky like like you want to like start an animation in slow motion and you need mm-hmm. to like hold. Okay. When we were playing, it takes two mm-hmm. when there's like the, the husband and wife kiss it or the about to be ex-wife and ex-husband, mm-hmm. uh, but they're about to like kiss at the end, how we kept like holding it and mm-hmm. then like letting go of the button. Yeah. yeah. You're like approaching back and back up. up. Uh, for, uh, maybe. No, no. That's, that's kind of okay, what it felt like a bit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still cool. Again, I like the variety of gameplay. It's not just run around hack and slash. It's you can have standoffs. You can yeah. shoot people with a bow. You do have the opportunity to duel. Technically, bosses are special characters. Mm-hmm. It's not like you pick a guy off the street you're like, hey, it's a one-on-one some shit epically. Because they'll die in a hit typically or two. Yeah. Yeah, and you can continue to make your sword better um, to do more damage. And your armor sometimes will have like increases in melee damage. Different sets of armor have that. And then some charms are like increased melee damage. So if you really, really like it, um, like just doing a bunch of damage, some of those end game builds are like you will one shot all nine to five jobber <laughs> Mongols that are invading. We haven't even talked about the story. Mongols that are invading Tsushima. Um, if you hit them, they die. And it feels really good. <laughs> nothing, nothing like a good kill, right? Mm-hmm. Good old one shot. And you kill a lot of people in this game. <laughs> yeah, your thing is literally to liberate the whole island. So mm-hmm. like with a lot of open worlds, once you take camps, you will kind of like reclaim part of that area. And people come back like, oh, we can eat fish again in this specific yeah. loca- locale. Um, mm-hmm. But that will open up shops. Um, typically not like crazy new vendors, but just having that option at that location. Yeah. And also a really cool thing about the shops is if you have enough ingredients or resources for a given thing where you can upgrade it will highlight and say like hey you have an option here yeah you see on the map yeah instead of like going back to town you're like can i upgrade my horse fuck no i'll come back it'll just say like hey uh, you can do horse stuff for your saddle uh you can Mm. upgrade the sword or you can go to the fletcher it's very very optimized um like almost to an not necessarily uncomfortable extent, but like to a, you absolutely know this. Like one of my examples of this is the crafting supplies are usually broken out into like literally supplies, which are currency. Um, if you sell other things, you get supplies back. Um, common ingredients, which you can get pretty frequently around the game. And then like exotic ingredients that you get just from like freeing settlements or completing submissions and things like that, side missions. And the game like rations these out to you, not like slowly, but they give you the proper amount of these to make you feel like you could always save up to grab something else. And you're never like over, you're never flooded in resources, like literally act three. And I was still like, okay, I think I can finish (laughs) some of these armor sets out, you know? Um, and that's a good feel because you don't cap out early and it also doesn't feel like you have to farm. But if you play this game, uh, just look up the shrine <laughs> that gives you double supply drops and double resource drops off of like all of your pickups. Because that one's good. And I didn't learn about it till like the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, always start economy first and then you're good mm-hmm. for the rest of whichever game. Exactly. Take an early expansion. Mm-hmm. Block the ramp. It's easy. And then you have more minerals and Vespine to trade with the the village (laughs) folk. (laughs) Um, But uh, the upgrade system is also, it's it's really good. It's not super in-depth. It's just usually make things better. Numbers get better on whatever type of gear you have. But the different types of gear will have different attributes. So one set might be um, one that I really loved for duels. My favorite one for duels is like increases health because it's samurai armor and all of that usually increases health. 
and then like increases stagger damage. And I'm like, yep, that's the one. And then I put like a bunch of charms on it that are like increased stagger damage. And usually bosses are like, you must hit me multiple times to break my guard. And then I will have a vulnerable period where you can hit me a couple times. And I'm just like, what if I hit you like twice? And then I just wail on you for six seconds. And that's the fight. <laughs> and the left hand is my stagger dagger. On the yeah. right hand is my big sword. That's primed. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, but I enjoy that. I gotta say, I definitely didn't do as much of the progression system and that specifically, as I've always said for like my gaming policy or my approach is like very brute force or if you give me a way to cheese, I will cheese. Yeah. I will smother it in a Guyer or Gouda and like I, as soon as I had a bomb I'm like, let's use the bomb. I'm out of bombs. Mm-hmm. What do we do? The next range option. We're out of that. We're gonna stab <laughs> Yeah. There's um we talked a little bit about the standoff mechanic, which is just like uh they'll try to like flinch. You basically approach them and you're like, hey, fight me honorably. And they're like reluctantly, okay, I guess. They encircle you. And depending on how many times you've improved your skill, you can kill a certain number of the enemies if you time your attacks properly as they go to attack you. Um but there's a set of armor and it increases the count by two once it's upgraded fully. So you can kill five people in a standoff where you're just like, let's go. And they come at you one at a time comically. <laughs> Begin. <laughs> it's it's weird to think from a realism standpoint that like an armor is like, this makes my weapon stronger or mm-hmm. this will attract two more men <laughs> to mm-hmm. come at me. That's <laughs> right. just like hot pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but I want to hit him. <laughs> <laughs> then right, I'm going to hit that. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I did end up maxing out a, a couple different armor sets for different uses. I had like my stealth set and my adventuring set. And my, okay, I guess I'll reluctantly fight honorably set. And then the dueling set. I think that was basically what I had. Well, I had two stealth sets. I had one stealth set that was mostly for staying stealthy. And the other stealth set was combo for gadgets. And it was all like, the bombs are now like, I was going to say nuclear explosions. Like, that's not that's not okay to say. <laughs> um, but really good. For, for that particular set, I got to a point where there would be like an enemy um, uh, uh, scouting party. There'd be like six, seven guys, some of them on horses, all walking as a group. And I'd just like sneak up through the pampas grass and be like, one black powder bomb. And it's like reputation increased <laughs> as they all literally died instantly. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Uh, those are a lot of damage and a huge AoE too. Yeah. And there's charms that are just plus 20% damage, plus 20% damage. And the armor set itself increases. Uh, the uh, I can't remember the type of the weapon. The shadow, shadow weapon damage, I think is what it's called. But I digress. <laughs> it is nice that they actually balance out the gameplay options. Because mm-hmm. I feel certain other games, like Dark Souls being my most recent example, uh, doesn't necessarily flesh out let's say magic or ranged options as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, melee, a lot of different options, a lot of different weapon types. 
um, but very much up in your face. And then it's like bows. There's like a bow. And then you can unlock different arrows later, technically, but it's never been like the most viable thing. You Mm. see it in like gimmick videos of like, hey, I did a bow run. And they're like, what? I got to click that. It's so crazy. (laughs) And then magic is a lot more options in general, but a lot of it can feel kind of samey between the types. Yeah. Whereas it feels equally viable to do melee in here or Mm. bow or gadgets or some blend. Yeah. I think it helps because like half the gadgets, half the gadgets are quick use gadgets where you like throw a sticky bomb, which is like literally a sticky bomb in any modern game would be like, uh, like proxy mine or something like that, that attaches to somebody. And in this one, it's like, it's a bomb and we covered it in pitch. <laughs> it's just going to stick to them. Sticky bomb. Justification established. Have fun, player. Um, How do you throw the sticky bomb? Will you hold it with your hand? Oh, hold oh, up. <laughs> with your anti-stick glove. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, they don't really explain that part. Um, but uh, yeah, and the rest of them are all more focused to like stealth pace. Um and if you're good at the combat, uh, just walking up and killing everybody usually is the fastest way to clear an encampment. And you can clear the game much faster than if you try to sneak around and do everything. But there's a certain like, there's a certain like sadistic stealth itch that can be scratched by like stealthing your way through an entire encampment. Um, and open world games sometimes give you that option. This is one of them, and it's really good for it. It feels nice to be like, the last guy kind of looks around. He's like, something's up. Everyone's dead. People aren't uh-huh. normally dead. <laughs> and you're like, I've chosen you for last. <laughs> There's literally a charm that's enemies um, stay in the alert phase like 40% less time, which is really funny. It's like if you happen <laughs> to be caught, it. they're just like, must have been the wind. <laughs> <laughs> they say must have been the wind like before the arrow <laughs> kills their ally. <laughs> Sees the red dot and their friend looks away. Ah, so, no. <laughs> we don't we don't want that. Um, but yeah, I guess we've talked about the combat, the mechanics, things like that. Um, Do you want to give the story or the characters a blip? Give it a shot. Yeah. So you play as Jin. And you're a samurai. The last of the uh, Sekai clan. Which I'm definitely I'm going to say every Japanese word wrong. Um, in the remainder of this episode, I call it Sekiro at a point, so don't feel yeah. too bad. <laughs> Sekiro clan. <laughs> um, and the game opens up and it's like, hey, glorious charge. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And then like everybody else dies. And you're like, ah, right. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> um, and then the rest of the game is basically repelling the Mongols and helping the few remaining samurai or samurai adjacent people uh, on Tsushima to accomplish their goals, get revenge, things like that. Yeah, I found it to be, I think the unfortunately, I don't want to say pessimistic term, but like the word Mm -hmm. serviceable, like it works and it fits for the game. But for me personally, I did not really find it engaging story-wise or the characters necessarily as interesting as some other games mm-hmm. um but it works for like hey these characters fit in universe 
you got to go do the thing. You got to help these people out. And you're motivated to help them. Yeah. Like nobody, you're like, ah, oh, fuck Lady Osaka. She's awful. You're like, no, she's cool. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you like the story in particular or any I, of the characters that stand out for you? This is going to be the rare episode where we have two different points we disagree on. You like shrines. I'd remove them from the game. I kind of liked all the subplots um, or most of them. Some of them are some characters are just a little bit too obnoxious for me, but um, uh, there's there's a few that I do particularly like. So there's the there's an archer um, named Ishikawa and uh, all of these main character subplots like they basically wrap up end of act two or act three. So like they're with you through the entire game is the takeaway from that. And his whole subplot is like he trained an apprentice named Tomoe. Tomoe. And uh, same name as from Sekiro. Stolen straight from Sekiro. Yep. Straight from Sekiro. And uh, uh, it takes very little time to realize that like she's a straight up murderer and she's joined the Mongols, (laughs) which is not what you want to happen in this situation. Um, But acts past acts past do you see all of these terrible things that she's caused you get to the end and she's like i was trying to prevent all of this and i was caught up in the tide and she seems to have like all of these justifications she purposefully puts herself in like this position of being like i could have killed you and i didn't so how are we going to deal with this um and it all just builds up to like an actual i'm not going to spoil it for the people who didn't beat it but like a satisfying conclusion where Jen's making some decisions in cutscenes. You don't yourself make decisions, obviously. Um, and pretty much all the, the, the point I'm getting to is all of these sub characters, they are mirrors to some aspect of Jen's personality as he's going through this shift from honor to um, sacrificing everything basically in order to win. And I just really like that. Like they all come into play. Some characters are driven by revenge above all else. And you can see that it doesn't even work for them. Jen becomes the voice of reason by comparison. And I don't know. I just like it. Disagree. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Obviously I didn't get to that part of the game, so I can't really judge the full story and character development. I can tell you about one, though, one that you would have seen because you got to act two. Yes. So end of act one, a Ryuzo, the straw hat Ronin leader mm-hmm. and your childhood friend. <laughs> um, there's a development there. <laughs> and we're. I guess I don't know. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a development. I'm, I'm gesturing with my hands. What I what I think happens if from what I recall. Yeah, um, I think I think oh, you're basically. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. He doesn't show up. Then he shows up. <laughs> yeah, I blinked out. So I do like that part. I like when characters actually are involved throughout the story. Yeah. And like, he's definitely not a trope character, but like you get kind of his vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think just great. some other stuff is, I don't know. I, Jin for me is like so non-expressive. But mm-hmm. like not terribly witty type thing where it fits. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's kind of just a he's guy. He's very stoic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jin's Jin's 
probably the weakest character, which is funny because he's the protagonist. Um, but the the other characters kind of reflect on his actions and inform, you know, what he's doing. There are a few um, a few missions where Jin's personality comes into play like a little bit more. There's there's one in Act Two where you're like talking to basically like your keeper, your childhood nurse essentially who like helped raise you um and there's legitimately like a four mission mostly non-combat sequence that's literally just talking to this lady and i was like crap i should really feel like this game is just dragging things out but i appreciate everything that's happening here and it has such like a satisfying conclusion and the game has enough moments like that where I'm like, ah, okay, you are right, you doing a little bit more than just taking everyone else's mechanics and optimizing them and making them clean. Um, so I am partial to the story. I'm not going to spoil everybody's plot lines. I think um, the game, for me at least, if I had the option to not complete them and just leave them unresolved, I still would have resolved them even without a mechanical reward of shiny shoes or something. So the takeaway from this is Jake and I disagree on it, but (laughs) uh, it's definitely much more immersive. Again, it is a JRPG as we kind of disclaimed. Um, (laughs) I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I don't actually think it is. Um, But if you like more in-depth story, uh, this does have a lot of it. At no point was I like, oh, what's going on with the plot or this character? Because they tell you. Um, So if you like that, and you like everything else is described because like mechanically on its own, I think it's great. I think it's a beautiful game. Um, so honestly, like you probably will be on board for the story too. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't as strong for me. Yeah. But still definitely worth a check out. I think it until Elden Ring comes out, this is my number one open world game right now. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to categorize. I, I will, We'll see, I guess, how much I end up categorizing Elden Ring as an open world game. It's going to depend on how much world there is, how much open there is also. Be, big Dark Souls. Big Dark Souls, yeah. Extra thick. Um, but I would also give this game an extra thick score of at least an eight, but like turned on its side. Can I, can I share something with you? Mm-hmm. Colin Thick to work. Mm-hmm. That's good. I heard it recently. I'm I'm very happy with hearing about it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but yeah, like I said, we spoiled it earlier. It's this and Breath of the Wild for me. My top two open world contenders. So uh, that means a lot. I play a lot of open world games. I play more Far Cry than people should play. <laughs> Jake's now going through Skyrim again. <laughs> That's true. I am actually. But, um, I would argue a better game than Skyrim. Sorry, sorry, Todd. That's just the way it is. Uh, if you know of a game that's a better game than Skyrim, you could send in your recommendation to soapstonepodcast.gmail.com or you can join the discussion on Facebook where we only talk about Skyrim, actually, at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.